You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. It is now five o'clock here at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, coming at you from the basement of Carruthers Hall here on Queen's campus. You are listening to Campus Beat. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Today, we welcome Stephanie Simpson, Terry Shearer, and Mona Rahman, who are here to tell us all about UCARE, the University Council on Anti-Racism and Equity. Thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us uh, about yourselves, uh, who you are, and what your individual roles are at Queen's University. Okay, I'm Terry Shearer. I'm the Deputy Provost, and I have responsibility for academic operations as well as uh, diversity and inclusion initiatives on campus. So I do, uh, I do academic appointments. I, I chair the Senate Committee on Academic Development, and uh, I. And I'm attempting to coordinate uh, all that's going on across campus with respect to diversity and inclusion. Welcome to the show. We appreciate your time. Mona, how about you? Well, at Queen's right now, my current role is as coordinator of research activities and communications from at the Office of VP Research. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a relatively new role for me, um, So, but I have been at Queen's for quite some time. Um, in the community, I'm currently the education coordinator for the Islamic Society of Kingston as well. So what kinds of things do you do in your role here at Queen's and as well in the and community? I, right now, um, in my role at in the office, I'm coordinating faculty awards and um, basically research recognition, you could say. Okay. Um, in the community, it depends on what hat I tend to be wearing. Right now, I am basically overseeing educational programs at the mosque, um, which uh, includes you know children's programs, youth programs, as well as programs for the community at large at the inside the mosque as well as outreach. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> and Stephanie Simpson. Hello, nice to see you again. Nice to see you again, Dinah. So my role at the university currently is executive director of human rights and equity offices and the university advisor on equity. And I have been at the university for many years. I've worked in the human rights and equity offices now for 21 years, mm-hmm. actually, and have had a variety of roles within uh, within that department. And so the, the human rights office um, is is uh, on campus to support uh, those who have concerns about human rights related issues on a number of enumerated grounds that are found in legislation um, as well as doing programming and awareness raising about uh, about rights issues uh, the equity side of the office uh, focuses on employment equity and educational equity uh, initiatives specifically however both of these offices work together to promote a climate of inclusivity uh, at at Queen's and we collaborate on on many projects. Uh, in my current role, uh, I work closely with 
the Provost Deal team um, on these uh, these um, climate uh, initiatives for for equity, diversity, and inclusion. And welcome to you. Thank you very much. So today our focus is uh, on discussion of the University Council on Anti-Racism and Equity, otherwise known as UCARE, a relatively new initiative that emerged uh, last fall and membership uh, was announced, I believe, in December. And recently you just had your first meeting, I believe, earlier this week week, if I'm correct. Uh, so UCARE, again, University Council on Anti-Racism and Equity. I understand this emerged from a recommendation in the Principles Implementation Committee on Racism, Diversity, and Inclusion. For our listeners, many of whom are not necessarily on campus, what is Picardy, or what was this, and why was this particular committee struck? The, the committee was struck uh, a year ago, I believe, uh, almost to the month last year, in response to community concerns about um, climate issues on campus and a sense that while Queen's had had taken the initiative to study various aspects of uh, this issue over the years and, and that these studies had resulted in a number of reports that there was more work that needed to be done to actually implement uh, the recommendations and so there was a Senate meeting around this time last year in which community members were very vocal about their wish that um, the uh, university administration move more aggressively towards implementation mm -hmm. of the recommendations found in various reports and a team was struck uh, to look at uh, those various reports and the recommendations therein but also to engage in wide consultation with community members uh, to determine, you know, how to, um, you know, fulfill the expectation more generally set out uh, in those reports. So uh, the team worked really very hard under very tight timelines mm -hmm. um, to put together um, a, a, a set of full recommendations for the university to, to move towards. And that's what we are uh, with, you know, the uh, un under the guidance of the provost's office, working very hard to implement those recommendations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, ab that's absolutely right. The um, hope is that uh, with the receipt of the Picardy report, we can, um, we can, we can, we can ensure this time that tangible and lasting change is affected and that things actually do uh, get done. And I can say that there's a lot going on right now and a lot of progress being made even as we even as we sit here. Now what kinds of recommendations did emerge from this Picardy report that UCARE is going to be overseeing? I, 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 I'm not sure how many of them there were. Oh, there's, Quite a number. there's an excess of 40 recommendations, <laughs> yes. probably closer to 50. So some of the top recommendations, how about that? Well, I think, I think <clears throat> there were quite a number of recommendations around increased training for the community. So for students, uh, staff, faculty, and administrators, uh, there were quite a few around, um, around uh, culture and climate. So trying to increase the explicit acknowledgement of diversity and equity goals in our strategic documents. There were quite a number uh, aimed at improving our, our data analysis and our reporting so that we were able to actually track our, our progress. 
retention and hiring and retention uh, for students as well mm -hmm. um, are, were also covered so as well as just some accountability recommendations which is you know one of the reasons that I've uh, assumed that responsibility for that in my portfolio so that we have uh, some clear accountability on behalf of the administration to uh, to the community with respect to these recommendations. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that in some ways the scope of the Picardy report is very similar to the report that was done in 1991 uh, which was the Principals Advisory Committee report on race relations at Queen's. What I think is different about this particular report is exactly what Terry was saying, the emphasis on embedding these principles and uh, responsibility for particular in initiatives within the leadership team of the university and to uh, to have our administration give more guidance uh, you know to, to certain projects uh, at, at, at the university um, so with regard to uh, the uh, the committee itself the UCARE committee uh, what is its composition and how was this determined so um, the composition is um, was outlined as being the principal or the principal designate, the provost or the provost designate, the director of the human rights office, the vice provost and dean of student affairs, the chair of the senate education equity committee, the AMS social affairs commissioner, the SGPS equity and diversity commissioner, three members of faculty, three members of staff, two students, so one being undergraduate and one being a graduate or professional student, as well as two members of the Kingston community um, or alumni. So in that way, you're getting a broad sense of what's going on. You'll have, sort of have your feelers mm -hmm. everywhere to have a sense and have that conversation. Um, get that feedback mm -hmm. um, from different areas, different spheres of the, the university community and beyond, I think. Uh, and then, then how was the committee actually struck? How did that work? Uh, the the um, original terms of reference were drafted uh, by myself in consultation with as many interested community <laughs> members as I could find mm -hmm. over the summer um, and with the assistance of Stephanie and her team in the Human Rights and Equity Offices. Um, and then the uh, we followed a Senate-like process. We had an application with um, requesting some uh, responses to just a few questions about you know why are why are people interested? What do they think they can bring to the to the council? And um, as well as uh, some references. And then we uh, struck a um, sort of ad hoc nominating committee. Um, which I chaired in a non-voting capacity. A small number of um, individuals who vetted all of the applications and made recommendations for the initial membership. Kim Young, the rector, yes. also sat on that committee as well as a faculty uh, member, Amir Fem was very helpful to us in those efforts. Now, um, so UCARE uh, will be overseeing implementation of recommendations related to initiatives related to anti-racism and equity. Now, I wonder what kinds of obstacles uh, to inclusivity and equity do racialized uh, students, uh, faculty and staff, uh, what do, what kinds of obstacles did they experience uh, that sparked the kinds of recommendations that were coming out of the Picardy report? And by what means will UCARE be able to help? I feel that the Picardy committee did 
a very good job setting recommendations in alignment with the kinds of concerns that community members were bringing forward. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, those recommendations are very reflective of the kinds of issues that student staff and faculty have. So, you know, not to speak for members of, of that committee, but my understanding is that they were hearing very strongly from students, uh, for example, that campus continues to feel for them uh, like a place in which they are not fully involved and welcomed and, and, and able to participate um, authentically as people from cultures and religions and um, different groups that historically have been underrepresented at Queen's, that there are still barriers to uh, their full participation. You know, on the faculty side, there was a recognition that racialized faculty may themselves encounter many of the same difficulties in terms of, of, uh, of, of, of welcome and respect um, for what they bring to this campus and that they too need support uh, in order to grow their research programs and, and, and their disciplines here at Queen's. And so items like uh, the, the Journal of Critical Race Inquiry and providing more funding to that um, was mentioned in the report. Issues of mentorship for both faculty and and students who are racialized was mentioned in, in the Picardy report. Mm -hmm. So those are the, the kinds of things that um, community members continue to feel are top uh, are, are top priority and that need to be addressed. Okay. So, uh, Stephanie can probably concur, but I've seen the decades of the environment that we have in, at Queens and I've seen um, things that have worked and that haven't worked. Um, for myself, I, I am in a sort of unique position in that I did grow up at Queens and I was very comfortable in the Queens environment because the, the environment that was sort of created with our parents, because I was a child coming to Queens, I knew who to go to if anything happened. Mm -hmm. But I have seen within the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years that it has changed. And with the stories that I'm hearing specifically from the Muslim students post 9-11, I, I was here during the Gulf War. And you, do ha you did have things, attacks on Muslims, but I think as Muslim students at that time, because we knew where the supports were within our community on campus, as well as the administration, that we felt that you know people had your back. People mm -hmm. were there will st would stand up for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, within the last 10, 20 years, that feeling of security has disappeared or been attenuated. Um, and it, it would be interesting to see what the difference, what, what has changed in, in the community. And there was a lot of documentation. Um, there was a campaign against hate on campus. And they, they pulled together a lot of um, documentation in terms of what was going on on campus, in terms of Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, um, and I think just talking about it and so people knew what was going on made people also realize that um, this is more widespread than just individual groups. <laughs> but um, that's the thing that we, we need to sort of figure out what worked and as, as our culture changes on the university, how we can change with it to provide an inclusive environment, a secure environment, like learning from the past and moving on and changing with our community. Before we go on, I'd like to, when I was speaking about um, students and faculty, I did not mention staff. The Picardy 
report also speaks to the need for greater representation of racialized members of staff at the university and the need to move in a very intentional way to attract and retain the best talent within our community and external uh, to the community to come to Queens and 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 work here and and to be successful. So there were, in that sense, also employment equity related uh, recommendations that were made that we're working towards. Now, meetings of UCARE, I understand, uh, are going to occur uh, three times a year. Um, what happens in between these meetings and uh, how will progress be communicated in the meantime? Okay. Um, <clears throat> I want to first I'll just mention that um, progress is actually being communicated uh, monthly because we are currently making or I'm making a uh, update on both the Picardy uh, recommendations and the TRC task force recommendations on a monthly basis to Senate mm -hmm. um, and on a quarterly basis or roughly quarterly to the Board of Trustees and um, these these update reports are posted on the deputy provost website mm -hmm. so they can be publicly accessed for anyone who um, is interested we will be pulling together an annual report which is uh, will be available in April we will be presenting it at the April Senate and the May board and this will sort of um, amalgamate all the monthly reports and be a little more fulsome report because we'll make a, a larger effort to gather information from the various uh, units, the faculties and schools, uh, that, that so, so the report is a little more uh, fulsome. And, and those, again, will be publicly available. Um, so you care, I'll let uh, Mona and Stephanie speak a little more to this, but uh, at the present, and of course it's just getting organized and finding its uh, footing, but uh, what's likely to happen is uh, a series of sub-councils or working groups. Uh, which will be uh, populated with the appropriate um, administrative staff t for the task at hand so that we can actually get the work done, mm -hmm. as well as some members of UCARE and um, non-members of UCARE, just other interested um, community members. And likely those will be the, the workhorses of the group, but please, Mona and Stephanie. So I think we've also seen with um, the Aboriginal Council how fast they've been able to make progress and that whole um, structure of having working groups and defining objectives and having a, a group that specifically focuses on that objective. That is our hope that we can make things move a little bit more quickly than maybe just having meetings three times three times a year mm -hmm. and obviously because we we have just started um, and we are as Terry said still still sort of trying to form what 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 and how we are going to do things um, we will be meeting a little bit more frequently at the beginning just mm -hmm. to get organized um, you know have have principles and mandate and a vision um, and then we will continue on with the you know meeting three times and I'm very I'm actually quite excited to, to put together the like to sort of um, come together find out what the pri the priority objectives are and find people to work on those because that I mean that's how we get things moving that's how we get things changing so um, hopefully we can get that started soon um, so there was a meeting that just happened on uh, March the 5th, if I read mm -hmm. that correctly. Um, so what happened at that meeting? Were there any, uh, particular priorities selected or uh, a framework or a game plan established that day? What happened at that meeting? 
So keeping in mind that that meeting was only the second meeting of UCARE. Yes. And the first open meeting, the first one that was open to the public. Ah. Yes. So as Mona said, the group is still very much in its infancy. Nevertheless, I, we think that the group is working very well. Um, it's a highly motivated and energetic uh, group of people that have volunteered uh, to sit on this and who are uh, exceptionally committed to moving forward with the Picardy recommendation. So that will give you a sense of, of the energy that, uh, that was in the room. Um, we had a presentation uh, by the um, uh, VP and Dean of Student Affairs and Tierney on how the uh, Aboriginal Council working groups um, were formed and the kind of progress uh, Aboriginal Council has been able to make within that model. And I think that there was a good deal of interest in um, pursuing that as a way to really be focused on on particular tasks. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a, a nominating uh, subcommittee that between meeting one and meeting two had worked very hard on developing terms for nominations on the UCARE and uh, were also uh, able to put forward uh, uh, names of two people who will in September assume the role of, of uh, chair um, uh, on this committee. Uh, it, Mona and I at the present time are interim co-chairs and you know this is you know we're, we're, we're in the process of working things out as we continue mm -hmm. to work together. Um, so, uh, so we're happy that uh, that uh, co-chairs uh, will be in place for September. The bulk of the conversation at that meeting was around one of the recommendations in the Picardy, which is that the university establish temporarily named um, Alfie Pierce Student Center uh, for racial equity and social justice. So uh, it was at that time that there was some open conversation and dialogue about what a vision for the center could be mm -hmm. and, um, and uh, how to move forward with a process of community engagement that ensures that the center is actually meeting the needs of the community. So that's exciting to see that conversation happening and for um, a mandate for a center beginning to take form. Yeah, the discussion around a potential uh, center for, for racial equity was, was very exciting. I was really pleased. I've been um, trying to move forward a bit on this, uh, do the background work on it, but I really needed you, care to be in place to become a, a body that can, um, that can help engage the community and can bring forward um, specific recommendations on how to make important decisions about that center and how it will function. So now that we have uh, reached that point, I'm looking forward to moving ahead as quickly as possible on that. And uh, we're coming to a close here. I thought maybe we can end on um, a note of discussing uh, the resources that might be available for uh, faculty, staff, students, or even community members uh, in the wider Kingston area uh, to learn more about uh, issues related to inclusivity and equity um, or, or resources they can gather to help them develop, develop skills as a good athlete. 
ally. Where can we go get these resources on on Queen's campus, let alone in the community? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, first of all, it's important to acknowledge the very important work um, that volunteers do on our university campus to bring awareness around these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are many students um, specifically uh, that um, that volunteer their time and their own resources to creating projects and initiatives that will that will um, uh, improve the the climate on our university campus. So um, I'll give shout outs. Uh, specifically to uh, the Social Issues Commission of the AMS Mm -hmm. that has run a number of very successful campaigns on a number of issues from um, microaggressions to um, costuming uh, and cultural appropriation this year and Mm -hmm. and have done an excellent job. Uh, The um, committee of Oh my goodness, the CARED Committee, the Committee Against Racial and Ethnic Discrimination uh, under the AMS that has also run a number of successful town halls and very recently a conference mm-hmm. um, on anti-racism and, and uh, how students are, um, are uh, addressing uh, these issues within their, own, um, within their own spheres. We have the uh, Queen's Black Academic Society, which is also doing quite um, a lot of work. And so all of these uh, committees invite student involvement um, and engagement um, and are ways that people can can learn more about mm-hmm. the issues on, on campus. Um, uh, and I'll turn it over to Mona in a second to talk about what's happening um, with, with Muslim students. I would also just say that um, the Human Rights and Equity Offices, of course, uh, is a resource for um, st- uh, staff, students, and faculty on this campus who not only may have concerns about issues but um, would like to learn more about these issues, would like to have uh, educational opportunities around how to bring um, issues uh, forward within their classrooms and their uh, curricula. Um, We are there to serve and so people are most welcome to come and see us on the fifth floor of McIntosh Quarry Hall. I guess I'll jump in and um, a lot of my experience on campus has been through the Muslim Students Association, what I was a member of and then I served in an advisory capacity. So that particular student run group and a lot of, there's a lot of student clubs that put a lot of effort into outreach and educating the community at large. Um, Islam Awareness Week was a few months ago, I believe. They're actually having a fast-a-thon um, this Friday if to, to encourage people to just experience what it's like to fast, but also the reasons behind it. And it's an opportunity to help the community at large through donations and and whatnot. Um, There is Islamic History Month in October every year, Mm -hmm. similar to Black History Month in February. So I think as a university, we are privileged that we have a lot of resources and there's always something going on and it it is a place where you can discuss and we have people coming from, I mean really we have a diversity of people with different opinions, um, coming with their own um, resources, with their own knowledge, Mm -hmm. and this is a great place to share that. And one of the ways that you um, build bridges 
is really to get to know about each other and understand each other and that's how you foster the mutual respect and understanding. My dad always said, and I think Yoda does as well, that ignorance is what leads to suspicion and fear mm-hmm. and, and prejudice. And so to combat that, the first step is just knowledge, get to know each other. And that, I mean, part of building bridges is that you have to meet in the middle. So um, this is a great place to do it. You have to have the, an open mind and an open heart to listen to different different things and get to know each other so you know where people are coming from. Um, And at at the grassroots level, that's the best thing to do, talk to people that are not the same. (laughs) Uh, Any final thoughts before we close off the program? I'd like to just add that um, we are launching next week the first uh, edition of what will be a regular uh, inclusive community newsletter. And the newsletter intend, is intending to um, gather information about the various events on campus, um, information about initiatives underway to promote diversity and inclusion, um, and otherwise keep the uh, community in, informed as to what's going on. And so uh, ind- individuals who are interested, whether they're community members uh, at large, Kingston community members or Queens community members, are, I encourage you to uh, sign up for that newsletter. You can. People can get information about how to sign up for it um, by just going to the Deputy Provost website and you will find um, directions for signing up for it. I forgot one thing is that um, the, inter- the chaplain's office, so with Reverend Kate, and there we have a, multi- uh, a number of interfaith chaplains that are running, that try to run a lot of different programs on a faith-based mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, platform, and that's another that's another space that people can go for resources. They're very, they also have an open-door policy, um, and I think with a lot of these resources, it's one of those, ask me anything, I don't get offended, and don't be afraid to ask questions, and, you know, go there for support if you need, if you need. Um, like I said, Kate, Reverend Kate is an interfaith chaplain, and she doesn't, I mean, nobody um, is pin- pigeonholed into one particular faith there, but there are different people there that, um, depending on what people are comfortable with. Okay. I would also mention um, the the Queen's University International Center. Yes. yes. Um, where I just was yesterday uh, doing a workshop on identity and belonging at Queen's has a number of um, education and awareness uh, workshop series that they offer on intercultural fluency and awareness um, as well as uh, issues around identity and beyond that uh, is thought of as a home away from home for many many students um, um, both um, international students and Canadian born students uh, can find a place to um, not to to to, ra- to relax and to and to use their kitchen facilities uh, but also to speak with advisors um, who um, can refer them to other resources within the community all right thank you very much uh, all three of you for giving us uh, your time today to talk about univers- the University Council on Anti-Racism and Equity. We certainly look forward to hearing more and uh, we'll be in touch uh, hopefully down the road uh, with once you have your annual, annual report and we can talk about the successes and moving forward from there. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thanks. 
This podcast was produced at CFRC. CFRC and Queen's University are situated on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. You can find every episode of this and all of our podcasts at podcast.cfrc.ca. Thank you for listening to CFRC's Podcast Network.